Well, we are coming up, uh, or arguably, maybe we're right in the, the aggressive travel season. And people are really traveling. In fact, there was, there was an article in the morning news uh, this week that, that warned people not to fly if you don't, you know, if you don't like crowds. But, you know, it's good for a whole lot of people, like the hospitality industry, which we thought we were going to have to call in a priest for. Ashburn Hospitality Trust is based here. They've got 100 hotel properties spread out across the country. You know, the Ashton in Fort Worth and the Churchill in Washington, D.C., the Ritz-Carlton in Atlanta. Rob Hayes oversees all those as president and CEO and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hey, David. Yeah, please don't scare people away from travel. <laughs> I, I know. That's really what I thought. I looked at that headline. And you know, look, they're going to fly anyway. I mean, the planes are full. And, and, and at least the leisure traveler is back, I guess. Your, your numbers, I saw, the last numbers I saw for you, I published numbers were for May. And I thought they were pretty astounding. You were running like 72% occupancy, which is high during most times. All right, and it's even higher than that now. I mean, I, I was just looking at some numbers the other day, and I think we're getting closer to 80%. So occupancy is definitely back, which after, uh, if you look back two years ago at this time, occupancy was almost zero. So we will we, we will take the improvement. But, but what's interesting is that it's not just the leisure traveler. I mean, the leisure traveler has been relatively strong over the past 12 months as people were getting out of their, their house because of COVID. But what I think we're really excited about is the return of business travel. Surprisingly, uh, our business travel numbers are, are back probably 75 to 80% of business travel. So this kind of post-COVID uh, Zoom world where business travel is dead does not seem to be the case. And even groups and urban uh, assets are starting to perform better. So it's a pretty broad recovery. So are there meetings, conventions, that sort of thing? Is there, or is it mostly sort of one-off business travel that's back? I think it's smaller, more regional groups is a little bit more prevalent, though the bigger, call it thousand person plus type conventions and meetings are starting to happen again. Those obviously take some time to to uh, be put together. So those probably won't be coming back in earnest maybe for another year or so, but but they are coming back. And, and the areas, because you geographically, you're all around, but I, I, I was looking at the numbers you were saying like Boston was pretty strong. Nashville is, yes. is doing well. Yes, absolutely. So there's, I would say the the couple of markets that are still lagging tend to be, uh, you know, San Francisco. The Bay Area is a little bit sluggish. Chicago is a little bit sluggish. Uh, Philly is a little bit sluggish. But a lot of these, uh, a lot of these urban markets, uh, where we're seeing DC is finally coming back. Uh, Nashville is absolutely cranking. I was there about a month ago, and you just cannot believe what's going on in downtown Nashville and how much it's growing, they're redoing their airport. Um, so there's there's a lot of exciting things going on in some of these cities. Do you have to stimulate the, the, the travel? I mean, do you, do you, do you have to discount? Are your revenue per available room pretty strong? So in some markets right now in the Bay Area, we still do. Uh, that's probably one of the few markets where we're not back to rate levels of 2019. But just about everywhere else, we're pretty much back to even higher. I think as across our, our whole portfolio, as we just reported a few days ago, our numbers, our rates are about 5% higher uh, than they were in 2019. And that, But it ranges. We've got everything from properties in, in Key West are 40% higher than what they were. Wow. Uh, again, that's a really leisure travel-based uh, area. To D.C., for example, is probably still maybe 10% down. So across the board, they're up a little bit, but there are still some markets, mostly northern markets, 
that are still a little bit soft when it comes to rate, but it's coming back pretty quickly. So what happened to the playing field out there? I, I know there was a moratorium on new construction, so I guess that pipeline is backed up, although I see some some announcements in new construction right now. But I would guess there's some casualties along the way that didn't make it through COVID. So did some of your competition disappear? Uh, there's some hotels, I'd say a lot in some of the big urban markets in, uh, in New York in particular. There's just been so many hotels built in the last 10 years there that some of them are not going to make out of it. Uh, but I think what's happening is that you're, it's actually allowing these hotels to become higher and better uses. So you're seeing in, in the, probably the top five or top seven urban markets, the, the Chicago's and New York's and San Francisco's of the world, you're going to see some hotels converting to multifamily or residential condos because they can get better rents that way, which is great for me because taking hotel supply out of the market is, is always good for existing owners. Uh, but you're also seeing that with the spike in interest rates that's going on, that it's an uh, overall rise in construction costs. It is making it more and more difficult to be able to build new hotels. So yeah. uh, I think in the end, what we've got some tailwinds in the industry, at least for the next few years. So that, that, what, are, what are the hot flags? This is something a lot of people don't understand about hotels because they say, well, did they used to be a Wyndham and then it was a Hilton and then and now it's a you know fill in the blank. And, and they're, they're, the flags are sort of portable, but you want the ones that are hot to, I, I guess, for affinity points. I noticed you've got a lot of Marriott's, and I would think that's, we do. that's especially good for a lot, of, a lot of business travelers. They love Marriott points. Yes. Out of our 100 hotels, I think probably somewhere around 90 of them or, or more are branded either in the Marriott, Hilton, or Hyatt families. I mean, those are the three brand families that we think are particularly strong that drive a lot of business because of those reward points. And uh, and so it's becoming a, a really interesting competition between those three brands because each one of them now has been growing all of their all of their properties. I mean, for example, even here in Dallas, for example, you know, there's the, uh, the Thompson Hotel. Well, that's a beautiful hotel over the National. Well, that's a Hyatt property. And so a lot of people may not know that Thompson is now a part of the Hyatt brands. No, so all of these, <laughs> all of these brands have been expanding their, uh, their kind of intercompany brands. So even within Marriott, people may not realize Marriott has 30 brands. Yeah. And I think Hilton has 18 and Hyatt probably is up to 18 or 20 now. So, uh, so, but those, but those brand families undoubtedly produce the most amount of revenue for us as, as hoteliers, just because people, Love those points. And and a lot of them will not go, if, you know, stay anywhere where they can't get, what is it? It's Bonvoy, isn't it? Bonvoy is for Marriott and Hilton Honors uh, is for uh, uh, Hilton. So and what about new construction or, or, or buying? Are you are you on the acquisition trail at all? Do you got you in every place? We are. We, we're looking at, at a few deals. Um, you know, we... You know, we're still licking a little bit of our wounds on the backside of COVID and trying to heal up the overall balance sheet of the company. But we're out there looking at some assets and, and as you mentioned, even looking at some developments and even redevelopments. I think one of the opportunities that, that comes from having this expansion of, of brands is that it does allow you to take a look at each one of your assets and say, is this the right brand for this property? Can I, uh, can I maybe upbrand it and be able to push some rate? So there's some of our independent hotels that we have around the portfolio that we're looking at potentially branding. And, um, and it's on the acquisition side too, though, again, right now, the debt markets with, with this rise in interest rates, the debt markets are a little bit jittery. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit more difficult to finance a, a hotel acquisition right now than it was 
six months or 12 months ago. So we may be a little bit on the sidelines until that calms down. Are there any long-term changes in your industry? I, you know, we've talked, we've talked to single family home builders, uh, multifamily builders, and they're building different kind of places. Well, they're in, of course it's for people who want to work from home two or three days a week or whatever. But I mean, there's been a fundamental change in, in the physical structure. What about in the hotel business? Have you, have you seen any changes going forward? Absolutely. I think some of it is all about the experiential aspect of, of travel. People, I, I talk about, for example, my parents who are in their you know, middle 70s, high, you know, upper 70s. That generation, when they went to, say, a Marriott, they wanted a Marriott in Omaha to feel like a Marriott in San Diego and a Marriott in Dallas. There was a certain level of consistency and dependability that, that was very valuable to that group. That's just not the case anymore. While people have expectations of a certain quality level, they want the hotel they're visiting to feel like the place that they're staying. They want a local experience. They want local food, local breweries, local artists, which frankly makes our business way more interesting because that allows us, our design teams, our operation teams to bring things to them that uh, that makes them feel like they're really visiting the place that they're in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you're seeing in the design of rooms, in the design of public spaces, obviously we're building out much more in terms of food and beverage for uh, say bars, uh, local artists, all these sorts of things. So the design is absolutely changing, but is making it in my opinion, uh, better uh, and way more interesting. You know, I, I remember years, well, I, it'll date it, years and years ago, I was visiting a city in the Midwest. I'd never been there before. And I was asking someone, I said, well, wh where's a good place to eat? What are you really proud of? And they said, oh, we have a wonderful steak and ale that's right down. <laughs> you know. So, look, I didn't travel to Columbus, Ohio to eat at a steak and ale. I want something, right. I want something different. Well, good for you. Look, we wish you the best for for summertime and Hopefully that 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 uh, that uh, business traveler will pick up even more in the in the fall. Absolutely, no, I appreciate Jay uh, having me on again. Hey, Rob Hayes is president and CEO of Ashford Hospitality Trust. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com/ceo. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.